Hello, welcome back to the Life from the Nurse podcast. Hope you are doing well. We're, we're moving quickly into December, uh, so there's going to be a ton of uh, auctions at all the big auction houses. Super excited um, for all of that. This weekend, I actually watched the Anticorum uh, watch auction that took place, which was super fun. Uh, next week, I'm going to cover uh, all the big auction houses and the auctions that they're going to be hosting. But what I wanted to talk about today was a trend that I've noticed, and you probably already know about this, but I thought it was worth getting on the podcast and talking about this. And this is, and that is how color has such an such an influence on the um, on the buying habits and preferences of uh, collectors. Specifically, what I'm referring to is the buying habits of Rolex collectors and how color really has a huge impact in, in, in um, the desirability of many of their watches. The reason why I, I sort of this came up was I was kind of prepping for next week's uh, podcast and I was looking at the Christie's Important Watches auction. And the first three lots are three colorful Rolexes. You have a... A Rolex 16610LV, nicknamed the Kermit, which has uh, a green, sort of like a, a light green um, bezel. You then have lot number two, which is a Rolex Hulk 116610LV with a green and uh, green bezel and dial, or bezel insert and dial. And then your third lot is um, the Rolex 116619LB, which is nicknamed the Smurf, which is, I believe, uh, white gold and blue bezel insert, blue dial. If you keep scrolling through this auction, you have some other very interesting Rolexes with, with interesting dials. You have the reference to 28239 day date with a green dial and Roman numerals. You have the, the platinum day, uh, day date with a smooth bezel that has the um, sort of platinum blue uh, dial. There's also the Rolex Daytona 116506 Daytona with a similar dial. Um, I think I also saw a, a pretty interesting... Um, uh, Rolex with uh, with a uh, Rolex Daytona with a green dial. There was the John Mayer Rolex Daytona with a green dial, the one one six five zero eight, which is in yellow gold with a green dial. So you know th- these watches are um, popping up uh, at auction because I think there is a lot of desirability with them. And what you you know I think what we've noticed over the last many years is <clears throat> these watches with. Um, this pop of color um, are selling, trading, however you want to describe it, at a lot more than what their retail value is. Now, Rolex is a brand that really uh, sticks with um, its um, successful design elements that it has. Uh, the Rolex Submariners change very, 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 um, there are small iterations that are made to the Submariner and the Daytona. Um, and and the date just and the day dates and 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 they're very small iterations that they make but the overall design aesthetic of these pieces are very similar and what you'll notice is um these pieces are um typically in fairly straightforward colors there's nothing too ostentatious about all of them unless you're looking at something like the the rainbow daytonas which of course is going to have a ton of color but then again that's another great example of something that's super uh, desirable by collectors. Now, um, they're not the only brand that that sticks with their with their guns when it comes to the designs of their pieces. Omega does the same. Patek Fleet does the same. There's many brands that stick with um, similar design aesthetics of of their pieces. 
And it makes sense, right? You've got a winning formula, you might as well stick with it. But what I think is interesting about Rolex is it's so hard to get these pieces. And so if you have these watches with this pop of color, um, it, they become very, very, um, they become the, the next hot thing. And so I think the Hulk, the Kermit, the Smurf are good examples of it. The Rolex Daytona with the green dial that I mentioned that John Mayer mentioned on the Talking Watches on Hedinki is a great example of it. But I think another great example of this, and we've covered it on our website, so I'll put a link in the show notes of this uh, podcast so you can see our coverage of it, was the Oyster Perpetuals that were released by Rolex back in 2020, I believe. Um, the reference that I'm referring to is the 114300. Um, or excuse me. Uh, the sorry, I meant the uh one two four three zero zero, which was um released in twenty twenty, and this was where Rolex released a forty one millimeter or petrol that was inspired by the Stella Stella dials of the um Rolex Date Justin Day Dates uh auction that that um or many of the pieces that Rolex had produced with those really interesting dial colors, and they released a coral red, candy pink, turquoise blue, green, and yellow dial or perpetual with really stark um, colors on them. Uh, these were fly, flew off the shelves uh, onto, onto collectors' wrists, and the amount that these watches were selling for was well over the, I believe, $5,800 US dollar um, price tag that uh, was assigned to them at retail. Um, but I think there are some... Um, some other references that used a similar um, similar concept of uh, you know employing color instead of just going with you know black and and white dials or very simplistic uh, color combinations, where they actually were able you know Rolex has produced watches that might be you know flying under the radar just a little bit, um, and one of the watches that I wanted to talk about was actually in the Oyster Perpetual line, and it came before these Stella Dial watches. Now I'm not I'm not uh, recommending that you, uh, uh, you know, put all your hard-earned money into into these watches because you think that they're going to appreciate in value. But I do think that there is some potential for these watches to be to get more um, recognition for their use of color, um, and uh, you know how they're a little bit different than your typical oyster petrols that perhaps you see on people's wrists. So um, the reference that I wanted to talk about was the one that I, uh, what I, the reference that I mentioned previously, which was the 114300. This reference was released in 2015 when Rolex was reimagining their Oyster Perpetual line. And the watches are very simple. They have an hours, minutes, and center seconds um, uh, hands. You've got a twin lock screw down crown, Oyster bracelet with Oyster class fasteners. Uh, Chromalite uh, for loom. These are your very uh, simplistic uh, Oyster Perpetuals um, that really uh, is kind of like an entry into collecting Rolex. Um, and they released um, a couple of dial variations, which are really, which I think was really cool. And they didn't actually start off with um, purchase, with, with releasing your classic white and classic uh, black dial Oyster Perpetuals. I think they actually had a little bit of fun with these. They released... Um, Oyster Perpetual 39s um, with uh, a silver. So it was, it was kind of like a, um, a slate silver dial. You had a blue, sort of deep blue um, blue dial. You had a white grape 
style, which was um, pretty cool. But I think the one that I, I really love is the red grape purple dial that they released to this watch. The dials are very uh, similar. They have kind of like a sunburst um, finish to it, glossy, which allows it to pop and really um, captures light really nicely in different areas. So when you're inside, it looks very different than when you're wearing it outside. And so those, that was sort of like the first batch that they released in 2015. But they also released, um, you know, after this, co these colors were released, they released a white dial and a black dial version of the, of the uh, Oyster Petrol 39s in 2018, which I thought was an interesting move um to do that after the fact i think these would probably be more desirable to many more people i think there are certain versions of this watch that were actually um desirable by by collectors i think the the deep the sort of deep blue version of this watch was very desirable you see them a ton the red grape was sort of on the fence i actually think it was under purchased and so i th i i personally think that this was more of a uh, a rare version of this one one four three zero zero, but going to having a white and black dial version of this watch was kind of the opposite way. I would imagine that Rolex would approach many of their, you know, how they release their watches. The watch has a cost certified automatic Rolex caliber three one three two movement, <clears throat> which was also put in their Explorer models at that time, and um, so you you know you're getting everything that you want from uh, from 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 this watch. Um, so I, I actually think that this reference was underappreciated during the time that it was um, in production and really only became popular or got its fame once the um, once Rolex actually discontinued this model and released the um, 114300 excuse me, the one, one, two, sorry, one, two, four, three, zero, zero. Um, so the, 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 you know, the candy pink and the turquoise, um, the, the sort of Tiffany blue and, and pink dial, um, versions of these watches. And so I guess the, the thesis that I have that I kind of want to pass to you as someone who may be interested in watches is look for these little things in brands that, that, uh, make them, uh, that are, that are abnormal in the larger line of watches that they may be producing. It could be um, the dial color, like uh, these Rolexes, where Rolex really is a fairly conservative brand that sticks with what they know, what they've produced, what's proven to be um, extremely popular, and look for references that take a, take a different turn, ones that use uh, this pop of color to... to um, to attract uh, different types of buyers or um, expand their line in a different way, uh, you can also, you know, it, it doesn't. It goes beyond Rolex, right? It go it goes to to other brands, um, and I think if you apply this sort of sort of uh, concept, it's a it's a um, it's a way of evaluating what might be the next hot watch. Now, I don't think that's the that's not the mindset that you should have. If you're collecting watches, you should buy something that you really love. But if that is something that's on your mind, look for those abnormalities in the lineups of, of people of the of the brands that people of the brands that you love and the watches that they release because you could find a hidden gem in there um, where something that's abnormal but of high of very high quality um, can can uh, can be enjoyed uh, quite nicely and kind of follow the 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 um, the mindset of where the brand is sort of going. Um, 
as I as I always say, uh, you know, this is an investment advice. This is just me thinking about, you know, different ways of collecting and and identifying these sort of um, quirky watches within a brand that still hold true to their values is a way that you could you could um, think about collecting. I think um, there are many vintage collectors who look for these abnormal um, watches that sort of are on the quirkier side that that have a unique way of uh, displaying what the, the company is is um, is about. I think the the biggest thing that you have to concentrate on is, sure, I'm going to find something that's a little bit abnormal, but ensure that it has the quality that goes the full length, um, that can go the, 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 full, the full distance in representing the brand and what they're capable of doing. So with this, with the 114300, for example, sure, they had different co- dial colors. It's very... Very ostentatious, very um, obvious to the eye that this is something a little bit um, different than than what they um, they typically release. But what they didn't um, do is completely change the Orsa Perpetual design. They didn't completely change the way that their case is constructed or the caliber of movement that is used in the watch or the construction of the bracelet or um, those types of things. It stays true to having a cost-certified movement that's well-tested and well-respected by many um, collectors. They kept the original design elements of this watch, which are tra- can make it attractive to a wider set of um, a wider audience. Um, but has that little little edge, that little uh, uh, different color, or that little you know variation in a, in a bezel. If you're thinking about the Rolex, um, if you're thinking about the Rainbow, Rainbow Daytonas, like that is that's the that's the piece that I think you have to consider as well. Quality watches from, from a brand that you love, but has that extra little quirk. And I think you can create a very interesting collection um, through, that, through that sort of concept. Um, what's also really important is making sure that the, you know, the watch isn't going to dilute um, the origins of where it came from. So you could very easily have created, the Rolex could have very easily created a completely um, uh, a completely, uh, let's just say, a 180 from what the Oyster Petrol really truly is. And I think it would have destroyed the brand in some way. And um, I don't know, I think it's a, I think you, you, you can, you can form, form a collection where, where the, these concepts are, are applied pretty nicely. Anyway, I'll cover a couple of watches next time on the podcast from all of the uh, watch auctions that are going to be taking place over the next you know couple of weeks. As you know, I'm I'm super into uh, participating and watching these auctions, so uh, stay tuned for my coverage on that. I'll probably discuss some of my favorite watches from each of the auctions. Um, I'll leave a link in the in the show notes to where we've covered um, some of these watches that we've discussed. The one one. No, the one two four three zero zero specifically. I'll put that in in the in the show notes, so you can take a look at that. If you are new to life from the Rest, on the if you are new to the life from the Rest podcast, be sure to follow us. If you uh, like watches and share this with a friend who might be interested in listening to a watch podcast. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel or our website, be sure to head over there. There'll be links in the show notes to all of our social media pages, our website, and our YouTube channel. So be sure to head over if you want some more um, some more interesting information about watches. If you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind rating this podcast, really does help me out. With that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.